Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fuglesang Podcast. Hey, John. Hey, Thea. Welcome back. This was your idea to play hey. Nipsey tonight, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been three years. I, I can't believe it. Um, you know, I heard, uh, you know, you were playing Selena earlier. Um, and I was a fan and I also loved her Netflix series. And I was like, oh, also today was, you know, the passing of Nipsey. It's been three years. Yeah. And, you know, he was just a, a man that did so much for his community and, and inspired so many. Um, so, yeah, had he was to so young. come he was on only, to that. He was only 34 mm. years old, and I thank you. I, I was yeah. looking at the songs we played a year ago, and I saw that I, like, pitched Chris, like, three different Nipsey Hussle songs. So I'm glad that you uh, made it happen tonight. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. You've been spoiling us coming on the air a lot lately, and I'm grateful for it, but I'm thrilled we're back to the Minority Report. And, yes. um, you know, I found this story really inspiring about this young woman, Mackenzie Thompson in Georgia. She's a high school senior. And I will admit, I, I hadn't heard of her before this. This is a story from the, the Blavity News. Um, why should we know about Mackenzie Thompson and what makes this particular high school senior so interesting? Right. Well, so first off, I always try to bring some positive stories uh, to the Minority Report. And uh, this story right here, I was... I was literally smiling from ear to ear when I when I read the headline. Um, and this story clearly exemplifi exemplifies Black excellence. And it's also the last day of Women's History Month. So I just had to come on and talk about uh, Mackenzie Thompson. Um, she is a high school senior in Georgia. And she's been offered $1.3 million in scholarships. And $1.3 million, million in scholarships. Yeah, yeah $1.3 million in scholarships. <laughs> and has received 49 acceptance letters from colleges and universities. And uh, she's, she's applied to a total of 51 schools. And she got accepted to 49. She's still waiting to hear back from one. And, and then there was only one that uh, turned her down. But... 49, like 49. I've, I have Chris. Have you ever heard of any young person being accepted to 49? I couldn't count to 49 when I was a high school senior. 49 colleges. I got into 52. Oh, stop it. You lie. <laughs> Where's your three million in scholarship money? So, it, I mean, what, what she sounds like a really special young woman. Yes, she, she is. And, um, she said she never um, intended to apply to so many institutions, um, but she just kind of jumped at the opportunities when they presented themselves and she received fee waivers to apply. So she just took advantage of that. Oh, wow. Okay. So she had fee, mm -hmm. even though, even with the fee waivers, and that's great. It, it's so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so her first acceptance letter came from Fort Valley State University in Central Georgia. Um, and she received acceptance letters from Purdue, uh, University of Georgia. She's still waiting to hear back from Cornell. Um, but she has uh, officially just decided to study animal science at Tuskegee University, which is an HBCU in Alabama. She turned down Cornell, to, or she's going to turn down Cornell to go to Tuskegee. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she, I'm, I'm guessing she has some extracurricular activities on her high school resume. It seems like she's probably been pretty good at that. Yes. Um, she says she believes that's uh, why she got accepted to so many. Um, she's 
senior class president, uh, co-captain of a dance team. She is the baseball, she's one of the baseball managers for the varsity baseball team. Uh, she's a Georgia, Georgia Merit Scholar, <laughs> National Honor Society, National oh Honor God. Society of Dance Arts. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, and she's a high school senior. Okay, I I needed yes. to feel more inferior today. Thank. Well, congratulations, Mackenzie Thompson. What a what a yes. wonderful feel good story. My God, forty nine college acceptances and one million dollars in scholarship offers. That's that's fantastic. I the the other story that you wanted to bring to us comes from my old college newspaper, the Washington Square News. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, hundreds of protesters came together came together the other day and marched for um, from Brooklyn to, Man to Manhattan to call out the government for failing to take action against climate change. They were protesting against the construction of the North Brooklyn pipeline, which is officially known as the Metropolitan Natural Gas Reliability Project. Of course. Uh, National Grid has been advertising the project as an expansion and improvement of Brooklyn's natural gas system. However, the natural gas that they're actually referring to is methane. Um, and according to No North uh, Brooklyn Pipeline Coalition's website, they said this project is not a replacement of leaking pipelines. It is an expansion to charge residents, the rate, the rate payers, millions of dollars in rate hikes to fill their shareholders' pockets. The pipeline spans uh, seven miles through predominantly black and brown neighborhoods. Yep. Um, and uh, the neighborhoods are East Williamsburg, Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, and Unreal. Brownsville. Unreal. And the pipeline completely bypasses uh, wealthier white neighborhoods. Of course, of course. My wife used to teach in Brownsville. I, I love that neighborhood. And, and it's just amazing. So what you're saying is this pipeline that goes through mostly black and brown neighborhoods and it carries methane. So if there's a leak, who's it going to hurt? You know who. Right. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's not lost on me that uh, uh, our governor uh, stopped a fracked gas fuel power plant in Astoria, Queens. And for the people who are not familiar with New York, Astoria is a neighborhood in Queens that is predominantly predominantly white. And I find it interesting that they have taken action to pull the plug on that, but this Boom. pipeline in Brooklyn that disproportionately impacts black and brown neighborhoods, nothing Boom. has been done, done yet. Boom. Amazing. Now this was, this was uh, young people that read, that led all this, right? These were like, these were like kids that, that, I mean, or people in their early twenties who, who, who right. spearheaded this whole, this whole uh, protest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was, a bunch of young people from uh, different uh, organizations that that came together, um, and just you know, just a little bit more info on the pipeline. Uh, the pipeline has um, the pipeline. Uh, the neighborhoods that the pipeline runs through are the same areas with the highest asthma rates in New York City, due to a history of to toxic industry uh, pollutants. Uh, these neighborhoods have dealt with toxic hazards because of racist policies. Um, and Not these bad. neighborhoods ha uh, were redlined. Um, and also the pipeline also has a terminal in Greenpoint where uh, one of the largest oil spills in the country is still uh, being dealt with. My God. I mean, it, it, this is the thing, right? The, uh, like, we always talk about how young people are growing up now and they don't have a debate about climate science. They know it. Right. They're being taught the science. They know it's real. Many young people are trying to convince their parents of it. But this is the world that the previous generation is leaving for the next one. It, mm -hmm. it seems like we should get really used to a lot more protests like this of young people who are just rightfully outraged that the generations that have come before have just made a big polluted mess and handed it to them. Um, most definitely, um, because... It's going to be the people on the ground that uh, that are going to get the uh, that are going to make change, really. Because if you look at like you know an agency like uh, the EPA, you know they they move slow when it comes to taking action, um, and 
you know, for all of its years in existence, it's only made one final finding of discrimination. Um, and so I know they, uh, they did, uh, the organization did file something with the EPA, but to rely on them is, is just, I don't know how helpful it would be to, to them. Um, I, I mean, things might be different under, you know, with the Biden administration, but like I said, uh, yeah. they only made one final finding and it took them 20 years to do so um, in a case uh, about discrimination. So it's really going to be the people, it's really going to come from um, these communities uh, for something to get done. No, at least these young people are leading this fight. But before I let you go, I want to ask you about what the Sane Energy Project says about this, because I know National Grid, the multinational gas utility uh, based in the UK, is advertising this project as an expansion of Brooklyn's natural gas system. W what do activists like the Sane Energy Project say about this? Well, they, they said it's going to um, increase uh, the price of gasoline. Yeah. Makes sense. And, um, but yeah, like, I, I know, I, I feel like it's, it was important to talk about this because a lot of the times when we're seeing construction done in our neighborhoods, we don't think twice about it. Um, I think sometimes we're so used to the blatant race, racism that's, you know, very in your face, but completely disregard the things that come off subtle, but it's actually really detrimental. Um, and environmental injustice, racism is wrapped up in environmental in injustice. Always, always, and they can't be separated. Thea, thank you so much. I'm sorry we're doing a tight segment tonight, but I love both mm -hmm. of these stories, and I'm deeply inspired by both. 49 colleges, my God. <laughs> thank you so, so much. The great Thea Harper, everybody. Follow her on Twitter if she lets you. Thank you. Um, okay, I want, I want to get the rest of our calls in before we have to wrap it. So, folks, I know some of you have been on hold since the Eisenhower administration. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to ask you all to please make your comments or your jokes or your quips or your threats as tightly as possible if you can. Let's try and see if we can do it. Uh, Tyler in Wisconsin, thanks for your patience. You're on SiriusXM. Yeah, hi. Um, I just want to make a comment on John from Florida. Please. Um, I teach I teach in Wisconsin, and I've been teaching for over 25 years. I have never seen where we have officially taught anything about sexuality in K through three grades. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I've never seen anything um, relating to critical race theory officially being taught. <laughs> um, what what we're seeing is right wing narratives being made up that teachers are indoctrinating their children on all these bizarre things that they're seeing only on Fox. It's not happening anywhere else. Right on. It's not actually happening in your kids' schools. Mm -hmm. I've been there, and it's not happening. And nope. all these people are having hysteria about something that is not happening. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But again, that's the point, right? The vagueness is the point. The outrage is the point. Uh, the umbrage is the point. They have nothing to offer these people except getting them all freaked out because... Right, and um, they'll believe it instead of checking it out. The only time something's going to come up is if a child has a question, an impromptu question. Like I had a child who was in absolute tears after a recess once because she didn't know anything about God and the other kids were picking on her. Really? So we had an impromptu discussion about God, not something I would normally bring up, but mm -hmm. because I had a, a serious child in tears. So let's say, let, let, let's just say a fundamentalist governor had, or an atheist governor, let's say a hardcore evil atheist governor had a don't say Jehovah bill. You know, like if, you know, you can't teach religion in the schools, can't teach religion in the schools. What? It's got to be Definitely separated. Not. So so conceivably, this is the same logic that child's what? parents, if they were batshit, could have sued you for talking what? about what God is with this child. Right. And I'd actually we didn't we just had a discussion as kids. Yeah. What they knew. 
Um, wow. But I let them discuss it and tell this other child who didn't, obviously her family didn't uh, believe in God or whatever the deal was. I don't know. Um, yeah. And we let the kids you... discuss it. Um, but if I had done that with anything being gay or anything with critical race theory in, in the last few years, exactly. I, I would have been on a, a, you know, a sacrificial platter somewhere. So, yeah. Um, Tyler, so, thank you so much. Oh, yes, Chris. This is just have something you... that's going on because they're making it up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was to, to Tyler's point, have you, I've heard, I've seen several kind of columns and, and people kind of discussing the idea that, you know, what's really behind this critical race theory push and things like the don't say gay bill, you know, all these kind of attacks on marginalized groups in the education system is that it's t- to destroy public education, to privatize. Oh, yeah, it's this, yeah. That's this what, that's real massive conservative push to privatize, get, get government out of the education business. Exactly. And, and it's not a business, exactly. but I, yeah. Well, yeah. right. Yeah, to create that's, that's the education what all business. our teachers believe. Yeah, and uh, in the hands of people that can make a lot of money off of our children. Right, Tyler, I got to run, and, and so do you, because it's a school night. Understand, a lot of people don't understand that the voucher schools have almost no rules. They don't have; um, they can cherry pick their students. They can go out of business overnight, so your kids end up with nothing. A lot of their yeah. staff is uncertified. Tyler, oh, I got to run, uh, but I agree with everything you're saying. I'm so, so sorry. We have so many calls. I want to get to okay. everybody. But thank yeah, you. Get some sleep. You gotta, you're a good teacher. You got to teach tomorrow. Thank you so much. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This just in, uh, the Department of Justice has received footage of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Merrick Garland says it's going to take him at least 18 months to determine if he actually smacked him. I'm John saying, Hope you're having a good evening. We are at 866-997-GRIT. We are here all night long until midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well because... Uh, we get a lot of great comedians on this show, but um, it's such a thrill to have uh, a menage like this, to have two women that have inspired me for many years who make me laugh. Every time I see these women live, I always want to go home and write. That's how good they are. Leanne Lord, you know from our show every Tuesday, a great stand-up and comic from New York City. She's performed all over the world. You know her from VH1 and Fox News and MSNBC and her many appearances co-hosting Neil deGrasse Tyson's massively popular Star Talk podcast, Carol Montgomery. Uh, well, how do you begin to talk about a career of a lady who started here in New York City, went off to Hollywood, went to Las Vegas for eight years? That's the first time I ever saw her alive, and now has produced and created Funny Women of a Certain Age, the dynamite Showtime series of specials, which feature Carol and many of her partners in crime, from Caroline Ray to Thea Vidal to Lynn Coplitz to Leanne Lord. Funny Women of a Certain Age is going on tour, and I couldn't be more excited. Carol and Leanne, welcome back to Sirius XM. God, you know, this is always so good for my ego. Thank you, John. I know, right? He gives like the best intros. He ever. really does. Terrible interviewer, but the best intros. <laughs> yeah, terrible at most things. But I mean, I, 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 my only talent is being obsequious, and so you're, you're, and you're brilliant to have noticed. Brilliant to have noticed, Carol. 
Hi, guys. Great to have you here joining us via Zoom. Uh, for those who don't know, Carol, what is Funny Women of a Certain Age? Um, uh, what is it? Um, basically, uh, be, I've been in this business now for over 40 years, and um, I wanted to work with my girlfriends. And also, there were only just one woman on show still in stand-up comedy, you know? So, like, the fact that there were that three women there were three women hosting the Oscars. It was like such a yep. big deal. It's like, that's amazing. That that doesn't happen, you know? So um, I just decided to uh, come up. I, I, I didn't decide it, but I, I kept thinking, I just want to work with my friends. I know so many women and they all happen to be around my age, give or take. And uh, right. so it's basically an all headliner show featuring female comics over the age of 50. They're all veterans. You know, there's, what's funny about the show is a lot, a lot of times we get, um, We'll get new comics that are older and they're like well i should do your show i said have you seen who's been on this special exactly exactly yeah so that's what the show is it's basically i, I try to give work to the uh an unrecognized demographic and um it seems to be going well i i love that that inspiration for it i mean Miss Boosler has a great bit about turning invisible after you turn 50. But exactly. what I what I like even more is that you do take amateurs on because for I think every special now you have taken an up and comer who's already famous but not for doing stand up <laughs> and <laughs> give their big Terry Hatcher did a set at one of your yes. shows. Yes, uh, Fran did. Drescher mm -hmm. did a set at one yeah. of your shows. And we call that the funny women because you know now Fran is um you know the president of SAD. Mm -hmm. And Caroline Ray is just on fire. And Terry Hatcher now is all over the place. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. It's, it's the funny woman bump. Exactly yep. right. Exactly. Leanne, you were great on the show the last time you did it. She and was I'm amazing. So she's always amazing. I, I've known Leanne longer than I've known you, Carol. But wow. I'm thrilled that this tour is happening. What is the tour going to be about, Leanne? Where are you going and, and who's joining on the tour? Um, well, the tour starts, if I'm not mistaken, Carol, uh, April 20th. Uh, there are four of us, five of us on the show. It's me, you, um, Monique. Oh, thank oh, wow. you. And Julia, and Julius, uh, no, not Monique, that, not that Monique, Monique Marvez. I love Monique and, Marvez. And, I love her and, too. And Good. And, Don't have the other Monique. She'll be bringing her Oscar all the time. It's a drag, <laughs> man. It gets old. Yeah. And Julia yeah. Scotty and Julia Scotty. Yeah, and Julia Scotty, and you know, we right now it's three cities, but we're we're adding more. But we're we're letting folks know that we we're we're getting started, and I I, I don't know if it's going to be legal to have this much fun, to be honest with you. I know, but we're going I'm... down to we're starting in Jacksonville, and then West Palm Beach, and then Livermore, and then you know who knows. Yeah, at some point I, already... I have to pick up my cat. <laughs> I already look like a bitter old lesbian, so I'm considering transitioning just to try to join this tour. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, what's interesting, Leanne, is you just did your dry bar special, all clean. You're, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you can do clean comedy like nobody's business. This is not necessarily a clean comedy show, is it? Well, I would, I would prefer to say that it is adult. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and, you know, if you are a grown-up and you're coming out and you are, you know, uh, an audience member of a certain age, and that's uh, anyone over 21 who can pay their ticket, <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are going to be entertained. You're, mm -hmm. you are, you're going to hear words you may or may not hear every day, mm -hmm. uh, but you know them, and we're we, we going to be okay. We're going to hold hands, and mm -hmm. we're going to be okay. Yeah. And it's, and it, it, it's, 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 there's something for everyone. Well, that's one yes. of the reasons why we, why the way I book the shows is, you know, I, I mean, first of all, all the women are amazing, but you know, in this day and age with people being offended or not liking a joke, if you don't like one comedian, you're going to like another one. There's enough, there's enough great talent out there that you'll enjoy mm -hmm. the show. And it's, and it's, you know, it, and, and we're going to have a great time because we're, we're all, it's just, I can't wait to do this because I, yes. I'm going to, I'm I mean, just going to giggle. I mean, I think, I, I, and if Carol, if I'm understanding your subtext correctly, uh, we are all headliners, right? Yeah. Who, uh, other than the show, we would not get to work together. So to bring in this level of powerhouse talent, we're all headliners. We're all different. Uh, again, I keep saying it: you will be entertained. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be such a joy to work together. Yeah, well, Carol. Since, since you mentioned uh, comedians, you might not like. Uh, let's get this one out of the way because I know Leanne's thrilled to talk about it. But um, <laughs> a lot wait. of people, a lot of people who aren't stand-ups, mm -hmm. are worrying that now there's going to be an epidemic 
of people walking on stage and trying to slap comics because of something that happened on a TV special the other night. We've all had difficult hecklers. Uh, I'm not really worried about it because I kind of think it takes a certain amount of enormous privilege to get up on a stage and smack a comedian Mm -hmm. and know that you won't go to jail for it. Uh, Most people would be too afraid to go on stage Mm -hmm. and smack a comic because they know there would be consequences for that action. But let me ask, let me start with you, Carol, uh, because I don't know how you feel about it. What, What did, what do you think of what happened and and the fallout? Because I, I kind of feel like comedians' opinions matter about this more than anyone else's. Well, you know, the the thing that the first thing I want to say is, holy shit, what a pro Chris Rock is. Yeah. Okay, because you know, there's there's like this conspiracy that it was staged, and um and and no. for, for and you know what we all know Chris. Okay, I, I'm not really friendly with him, but I I I. I've 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 sat I've sat in Dangerfield and with three people and him bringing his notebook up and and doing his stuff. He's a real pro, and he was shaken. I could tell. We could all tell that this is this is the part that people, everyone who's making the opinions of it. He was visibly shaken because he flubbed a couple of words, and he doesn't flub yeah. when you've got it when you've got a um, teleprompter right. You don't flub a word, so you could see him being like. Okay, and he's trying to go over it. And in his head, and we've all done this, we all were like, I could destroy this person right now. Like, he could have let loose. Like, I was watching the, because I know we've all had that emotion where there's 101 things happening and you're you're visibly shaken inside, but you have to keep it together because people are watching. And the way he did that, I thought he was impeccable impeccable i think i i don't i don't i don't agree with the fact i'm not worried about somebody hitting me like leanne said i texted leanne about it and she said i hit back and i'm like that's exactly the same way i am same here kathy tweeted a joke kathy griffin tweeted a joke about it you know the saying or comments saying oh now will this happen all over the place i don't think it will most of us aren't will smith and most of us know we can't get up and do that and not go to jail for it also, we have a mic stand right next to us. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. And yes. a stool. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, our sword and our shield, shall yes. I say. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually a great T-shirt. You know, yeah. but it's true. I mean, you know, first of all, I think when, when he went up there, I think Chris thought he was going to joke with him. I, I, he did. The look on his face was like, he cracked oh. up when Will Smith walked on stage. He cracked up like, oh, Lord, what bit are we going to do now? Right, right, right. So, I, I, you know, I know some people are very like, oh, my God, this is going to be the way it is. First of all, I, I don't know. I, I remember this from years ago when I used to do the road all the time when comedy clubs actually gave a shit about comics. I remember people would say to me, do you have a word? Like when you're on stage, you have oh, a right. word. A safe remember word. Yes. A safe yes, word. Yes, I, I do remember that. Right. Yeah. And so I... I Whenever I would go into a club and they said, what's your safe word? I said, you want to know what my safe word is? Get them the fuck out of the room. That's my safe word. <laughs> Help me. It was mine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I, yeah. What do you think, Leanne? Um, I, I'm amazed that people think that we work in safe places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like yeah. They didn't think this was already going on. I don't This is think this is the thing that's going to encourage people to do this. That's a certain mindset. Exactly. That person was already going to do that. This is people aren't going to go. Oh, hey, uh, Will Smith is doing it. Yeah, okay, sure. I don't. I don't think that that's that's going. Not going to gonna be a lot of copycats out of this. No. And by the way, no, female comedians no. have a whole different universe because female comedians get hit on before they even walk on stage. They have to Listen, deal with club. You know, it's yeah. That's on stage. It's am I going to be walked escorted to my car? You know, where am I? You know, so safety is is always you know an uh, underlying. Um, issue but man i i i don't i i'm not and you know me i am a catastrophizer so for me to not think that this is a thing um but i think people like to run away with themselves i i think the bigger issue here is what is going on with will mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Everything, everything about this, all the warning bells should have been there. Like, like he's in the front row in his best suit at the Oscars. Who does this? Right. So for all of those judgment filters to be set in the off position mm-hmm. leads yeah. me to say, what, dude, sweetie, what's happening? Number one, two, we're going to talk about it while you go to turn yourself in. Because I think Chris Rock did the honorable thing, uh, honorable in quotes, 
uh, or the diplomatic thing by not pressing charges. Uh, perhaps Will's real gesture would be, I'm going to turn myself in for us all. Mm. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. a thought. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the other thing is the people that are defending him, this and I, I it, this is and this is across the board. I'm not. I, I've seen this that he he was protecting his woman. And if there's any woman in fucking Hollywood that doesn't need protection, it's Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ! I, I like I like. First of all, I, I would be if my if every. We all know my husband. My husband's the greatest guy in the world. But he, he would know never to do that. He'd be like. I'm gonna let Carol take this. I'm gonna. I mean, I, I, that that there are people. I mean, honestly, Carol, I would expect you to jump in to defend Todd. To <laughs> yeah, be, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, but it's just a, it's just such a thing that that we are we really living in a society where like. Oh my God, the man saved the woman. That was so, oh my. Yeah, Listen, well, I, I, I'm, I'm a daddy's girl. Um, I, I was raised being protected. I, I, I absolutely get it. And my dad, there are stories in this family of, of, of fights my dad has had, started and finished, by the way, uh, to protect my mom. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I get it. I, there is a, I guess, a, 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 a lizard brain romantic notion to that because men are stronger. However, mm. when you hear what Chris said, it did not rise to the level of fisticuffs, number one. Number two, Chris did not charge her. He didn't, he wasn't attacking her. It wasn't nope. physical. Like Free speech. Will's response was completely not in any way connected. He, he hit Chris for other all everybody else making jokes yeah. <laughs> all Pretty these much. past few yeah. years chris yeah. got that punch for everybody I that made jokes about agree. august entanglements everything whatever he said in 2016 it whatever that was it all built up and that's the, the straw <laughs> so and right. that's what what chris, chris react, rock I mean, what, got smacked what, what for black chris rock got smacked for black twitter since and he took it <laughs> and by the way he literally yeah. literally turned the other cheek Literally turn yeah. the other cheek. And, you know, I, I was saying last night on the show, there there's a spectrum of male gallantry if you're going to stand up to yes. a woman. On the one hand, you've got smacking a comedian for making a joke. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got Ted Cruz groveling before Donald Trump after Trump called his wife ugly. So, you know, somewhere in the middle, <sighs> somewhere between those two extremes, I think are most Somewhere in men. the middle, you guys. But Kareem <laughs> wrote a beautiful piece because he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. And he argued that the incident was more than just a slap on Chris Rock. He said that it was a slap to women. I want to I quote him because I love this man. Mm -hmm. By hitting Rock, he announced, Will, announced that his wife was incapable of defending herself against words. This patronizing paternal attitude infantilizes women and reduces them to helpless damsels needing a big, strong man to defend their honor lest they swoon from the vapors. If he was really doing it for his wife... And not his own need to prove himself, he might have thought about the negative attention this brought on them much harsher than the benign joke. That would have been truly defending and respecting her. Mm -hmm. I I got to be honest, I just read that earlier today, and that was the one paragraph I disagreed with. Tell me, please. Really? Yes. That last sentence, yes. Infantilizing women because you defend them, but eh, it's a little too far for me. Okay. Okay. It's a little too far. And, just, but in, appropriate to this situation, it, that's not infantilizing. That's stupidity. That's what he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. That the, the first three quarters of that statement. It, it is a male thing, though, right? I mean, like a lot of folks are trying to make this about race, and I know you can't take the racial element out of it. But I, I kept thinking, no, oh, this sure is you about can. Testosterone <laughs> rots the brain. This is about male. And listen, I love Chris Rock. I didn't think it was a good joke. I mean, he ad-libbed it. I think a writer's room would have said, yo, you know she has alopecia. Somebody at a writer's room would have said it. Like Joe Biden, mm -hmm. Chris Rock got in big trouble for an ad-libbed line this week. Mm -hmm. How about that? But yeah. even, you know, it, I when I heard it, I thought it was the kind of thing how it's roast light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because roasting is a, is a tradition. I don't like it. I don't participate, but it is a tradition at award shows. But to say a, 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 a knock as a compliment, I didn't take G.I. Jane as a negative. Yeah, and I, when I was seeing the coverage of people who are not intimately watching celebrities' lives, so believe it or not, there are others people. There are people going, oh my gosh, is there a G.I. Jane too? That's awesome. Is she going to do it? I'd watch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, 
I there's I, I agree with what Leanne said about that something's going on in, with Will. Yeah. You know? And I, I, clearly, in any situation, especially because you know he's portraying a man who was portrayed as off kilter. So I don't, you know, I don't know what I don't know what possessed him to get up and do that. He could have yeah. waited. He could have, you know, the cameras are on that. He could have, he could have made a look like he was upset and then right. waited till after. They were all at a fucking after party. Why didn't they talk after the party? Chris, are you, you know, I again? can't. Yeah, I have some notes. I have Chris, some... Okay. Oh, go, go ahead, Chris. It's Chris. Uh, hey, everyone, it's Chris Hauseld. Well, I established hey, a job the other night. This is my Zapruder film. I've been studying, studying it frame by frame since Sunday. Um, uh, to Leanne's point that that uh, Chris Rock took the smack for all the years of gossip about their relationship, I agree with that, and I think that it started that night earlier. That night earlier when, with Regina. When Regina Hall was pulling all the men up on stage that she wanted to feel up backstage, and she was like, oh, and Will, you can come up. Uh, well, you're married, but Jada told me all about you, and you. It's she said it's good. That's right. And she was joking about their marriage. And how it's open. And he sat there and he actually, ref- of all the people, they're all playing along. He refused to get up on stage. He was like, ah, no, 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 thanks. No, right. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. It's true. When Will Smith came up towards the stage, the first thing Chris Rock says is he's like, oh, he's like, oh, here's Richard. Thinking that Will Smith was doing some sort of King Richard bit. I, right. That's the way I perceive it. Uh, okay. And uh, finally, uh, the weirdest thing. A part of all of it for me was that after it happened, he just sat down and everyone just let him sit there. No one came and said, hey, let's go cool off backstage for a bit or let's go uh, sort this out. No, no, no. You just sit here for the rest of the night like the bully uh, who's like holding court at the party and everyone's afraid to like move. Yeah, uh, it was really yeah. weird to me. It was weird. I mean, I'm not saying that he should have been kicked out of the Oscars. No, I'm not like, saying that the- either. But the but standing it, ovation was weird. The standing ovation it, 15 minutes later was kind of yeah. like I've I've been I've been hit by audience members, but they never gave the assailant an award in the crowd, you know, 10 minutes later. And 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 then I thought the speech was ickier than the actual slapping because the speech he was casting himself as a as a as the real victim and the real hero the whole time. And it's just like, dude, you fucked up. Just say you're sorry, which I think he did yesterday. I did. And right. we'll get off this topic, Leanne, but I thought his apology oh, no, was was note perfect uh, in terms of what he had done. I think he wrote like a guy who understood what he had done. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com. Welcome back to SiriusXM. We're at 866-997-GRIT. I love any time Corey Brechneider agrees to come on our show. The man with a Ph.D. in politics from Princeton, the law degree from Stanford, and uses his superpowers to enrich the lives of students in the poli-sci department at Brown University. You have read his stuff in New York Times, Time Magazine, Politico. You must own his book, The Oath in the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents. It is like a book that, seriously, like I keep going back to and back to over and over again, and I feel a little smarter every time. I'm frustrated that I can't memorize it all. That's why we need Corey to come on the show, because the man's brain is a terror drive. Uh, also, check out his Penguin Liberty series books on free speech, impeachment, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's most notable cases. Professor Corey Brechner, welcome back to SiriusXM. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. Great to have you with us. How have you been, sir? 
Uh, very good. I feel like uh, New York is starting to get back to normal. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been good. I'm uh, enjoying teaching and, and sort of seeing the world almost almost be back. And, uh, you know, also, of course, disturbed by what's happening in Russia and uh, with our with our former president. Well, let's get to it. I mean, um, let's begin with that then, because former president uh, uh, Darth Jabba um, had this new interview and he called on Vladimir Putin to take time out of his busy schedule of war crimes and slaughtering women and children, civilians, um, to release information regarding uh, alleged dealings between oligarchs in Europe and Hunter Biden, the most important man on Earth. This was uh, an interview with the um, really discredited right-wing journalist John Solomon. It was published by Just the News television show on the Real America's Voice Network. Academy, take note. And uh, he was, you know, Trump was talking about this controversial investigation by Senate Republicans into the Bidens, published weeks before the 2020 election that had no new evidence of wrongdoing. I got to say, um, I expect Donald Trump to be tone deaf, but you think right when he seems to be realizing you're not supposed to say good things about Vladimir Putin right now, he just can't stop. He's going to the war criminal. And he actually said in the interview, since he hates America, maybe he'll help us with this. I mean, Corey, help me understand what, what we're looking at here. I mean, uh, it's in, in, I, I think in some ways uh, incredible, but also what we would expect. Um, the one thing that is incredible is just the outrageousness of mentioning not just – and I, I see a lot mentioned about the accusation about Hunter Biden. Um, and there is, of course, an active investigation into Biden's failure – Hunter Biden's failure to um, report accurately on his taxes in regard to – some of his activities outside the country, but he also, in the same breath, accused the president, uh, Joe Biden, of being on the take from the mayor of Moscow and his wife. And, and his I, wife. I just, I just thought, like, what the hell? There is zero evidence for this. And the idea that that a former president and a news source, supposed news source, I should say, publicized it as part of the outrage. But I think, John, the deeper thing, you know, is our conversations week after week about the danger of an exon- of a, I shouldn't say an exoneration because it wasn't, a failure to convict in the Senate on that first impeachment, which, you know, uh, some people just were bored by, but it was about the same kind of thing, using a foreign uh, uh, government to try to get dirt on a rival. This time, the foreign adversary isn't the president of the Ukraine, it's the person attacking the president of the Ukraine. But once he was exonerated, it was a green light for him to keep doing this. And so when I say it's outrageous, but not surprising, that's why. And I just want to say, um, you know, I support a full and thorough investigation of all of Hunter Biden's business dealings in much the same way I support a full and thorough and deeply public investigation of Eric Trump and Donald Jr. and Ivanka and Jared Kushner. I'm down with it. Let's investigate everything Hunter Biden ever did, and then let's go deep on Jared and Ivanka. But he's just lying. I mean, Trump at this point is just recycling this old material just to give the fans what they want. And, And really what I got from it, Corey, was less blackmailing Zelensky. I got 2016, Russia, if you're listening... It'd be great if you could release the emails. And you know what? Let's not forget, Russia did hack the Democratic Party and the Republican Party back in 2016, and they only released the Democratic Party. I mean, we know there was collusion with Russia. Paul Manafort's existence is proof there was collusion with Russia. And it just seems like Donald Trump just can't stop going back to the well, can't write any new material for himself, and just can't stop showing what a moral degenerate he is. Yeah. And, you know, when the rest of the world or anybody with the most minimal moral sense looks at Zelensky and looks at Putin, they think one of these people is a mass murderer. One of these people is a brave, one of the bravest leaders in history trying to save his people. And this guy, a sociopath, clearly with no moral lens, looks at it and says, oh, one guy, Zelensky, didn't help me, but this other guy might help me. Right. And uh, it's exactly right. It was the same playbook from uh, going after Hillary Clinton. And, you know, Putin has said, I don't know, two or three nice things about Trump. And that's enough for him to look at the world by saying, oh, this genocidal maniac likes me and uh, and uh, all well and good. I think, too, you know, there are, the, as things trickle out, 
that he really did one, one thing was from a staffer saying that he really did admire these dictators because they could kill and and silence yeah. their opponents yeah and he sees that in putin he sees these draconian censorship laws and i think he admires it so uh, it's you know not a mistake that he's he's re-upping his greatest hits at this time um and it's because he sees the authoritarianism and that's what he likes and but you know what else man, he sees? we're not we're not out of the woods either because there are people who still like him in this country of course in the republican party i agree but but what i think what what bothers me the most about this because this is just a couple of weeks after he called putin's invasion of ukraine genius and savvy right. and remember he argued joe biden was almost giving putin an incentive to deploy nuclear weapons in the conflict he said this last week uh, what makes me crazy, Corey, is not that he says it. It's that he keeps on saying it because he knows there will be no accountability. He is right. not afraid of telling any lie. The lies keep him in the news. Owning, you know, Getting liberals and smart and moral people angry makes his followers think he's done something for them. And Donald Trump knows damn well there's nothing that can be done about his lies and corruption. The Democratic Party can't do it. Merrick Garland won't do it. He gets to keep on spreading this these lies no matter who they hurt for his own benefit yep and he's you know it's not without success that's part of what's scary here that he played that playbook for four years yes he lost the re-election but he was president uh he does have a base that doesn't go away and that doesn't uh stray from him and um that's my worry on nuclear weapons i mean let's remember too that just what's so frightening about putin is the threat to use a tactical nuclear weapon. Uh, but that's echoed in American presidents, too. Um, Nixon, who I know we'll talk about later, uh, considered using tactical nuclear weapons in Vietnam. And let's not yep. forget that that uh, President Trump was willing to uh, at least hint at the possibility that if his negotiations with North Korea didn't go well, that a, that a tactical or a limited nuclear strike uh, might make sense there. I mean, so this, you know, on the one hand, it's so appalling to see Putin threaten the world and the, our existence as a planet uh, over this conflict. But yet we've had American presidents do the same thing. Corey, I want to go back, back through the mists of time uh, to an era we call uh, three days ago, last Monday, because um, <laughs> Donald Trump's had a hell of a week already. And it was on Monday that uh, federal judge David Carter said that Trump and his right-wing attorney, John Eastman, may have been planning a crime while they tried to disrupt the congressional certification of the presidential election. Judge Carter said, based on the evidence, the court finds it more likely than not that President Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6th, 2021. And then he ordered Eastman to turn over 101 emails from the day. Um, a lot of people were shocked because this is the first time a federal court right. has actually talked about Donald Trump uh, being criminal in the context of overturning the election. Yeah, I don't know how this isn't a front-page story every single day. Uh, as you said, I'll just repeat it for listeners so they digest it. This isn't just an accusation by political opponents. Um, it's a judge who's looked at the evidence and said, more likely than not, that a crime was committed here. And the crime, just to be clear, this isn't the claim about incitement of violence. It's the coup. It's a planned coup. And what he says, too, in that opinion is that basically Eastman and Trump were more likely than not colluding with one another to overturn the election, to keep Trump in power, to have for the first time in American history a coup. Uh, and then they were, by the way, in search of a legal theory. Um, Eastman, of course, a law professor, former dean, um, you know, would come up, as, uh, as this judge said, with a way of claiming falsely that Article 2 of the Constitution, which creates the presidency and the election of a presidency through the Electoral College allowed Mike Pence to refuse to certify the votes that were given to him by the states. And that was the plan, that they would use that moment to, to refuse to certify the election. And then, the, of course, the riot or the, the attack on the Capitol would be part of it. So, uh, you know, that's a federal judge finding that. In other words, a court has said, Looks like the evidence suggests, more likely than not, that, uh, you know, the greatest coup in history that almost happened or that was planned and attempted to happen uh, was planned by the president of the United States in, in, in league with. And you and I have had whole episodes where we've talked about Eastman, but with a 
let's let's just be moderate in the way we put it a completely whacked out law professor oh yeah yeah i mean but you said how how is this not front page news professor we just saw donald trump take 15 boxes of classified national security information 15 boxes of stolen records he illegally took from the White House and brought them to Mar-a-Lago. The National Archives referred that crime to the Department of Justice. No action has been taken, and the story just disappeared in moments. Everything he accused Hillary Clinton of doing, he did. None of his supporters know it because our media didn't care. We're just, we're, we're, we're so, again, it's what I call what-the-fuck fatigue. We are just so gaslit. Our outrage circuits are burned out. Oh, yeah, there's Trump being Trump again. I mean, Judge Carter in his statement, made a really, you know, striking uh, uh, wish for accountability. He said, if the country does not commit to investigating and pursuing accountability for all those responsible, the court fears January 6th will repeat itself. Is he right? I think so. I think that's the lesson that, uh, you know, I've been saying since the first impeachment, that when these fundamental checks go awry, we don't do anything about it. It gives more power to Trump to try to do it more. Uh, and he's able to gather his supporters. And, you know, this wasn't just one, two people, although I think they were at the center of it, Chapman, I mean, sorry, um, Eastman and, and Trump. Uh, but they had a massive support, as is evidenced by the people who violently attacked the Capitol, who attended that rally. Uh, of course, people like uh, Clarence Thomas's wife. This is a vast, true conspiracy to overturn an election, to have a coup, to stop democracy. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And yet when media can't report on it because there's no interest, I start to think, like, how can we keep this democracy? That's the famous quote. You hear it all the time uh, from Benjamin Franklin at the end of the Constitutional Convention, a republic, if you could keep it. Wow. I mean, I think he'd be appalled to see how literal we care about our republic. Uh, This should be uh, people should be up in arms. It should be covered, as I said, on the front page. And instead, um, you know, not to take away from. The Oscars or whatever story it is, but but it is not getting anything close to the attention and outrage uh, that we need to prevent this from really happening. Let's not forget, coups often start uh, as failed attempts. The beer hall, right. uh, the beer hall puts, uh, and uh, you know, then later turn into something much more successful. And uh, that's my worry here. And I'm that's very the, fond of the worry out. of a federal judge. Fifteen years to the day after Hitler surrendered in the beer hall putsch was Kristallnacht. So, yeah, I mean, Judge Carter wrote, Dr. Eastman and President Trump launched a campaign to overturn a Democratic election, an action unprecedented in American history. Their campaign was not confined to the ivory tower. It was a coup in search of a legal theory. The plan spurred violent attacks on the seat of our nation's government, led to the deaths of several law enforcement officers, and deepened public distrust in our political process more than a year after the attack the public is still searching for accountability uh, i mean are we all just waiting on one man one man in the department of justice to do something about this <laughs> 